I just want to thank you for listening. My mission is to help you improve your life with by faith, family, fitness, and to seek more freedom in every aspect of your life as well. So before we get started with our episode, I have a couple orders of business. Number one, the 40 Days of Deliverance registration opens. So sign up. It's really easy. I'll put it in my show notes. Just go to my new website, johngardina.com, and all you have to do is simply scroll down on the homepage to 40 Days of Deliverance and click I'm Ready. The next session will begin July 3rd, so sign up now. There's only 12 spots available. This program, it will truly help you to reset your soul, body, and spirit through discipline and obedience. You will also meet just amazing people around the United States and also around the world. Number two, if you're enjoying this show, please leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcast. It just takes a couple minutes of your time, and it helps me immensely to get connected with other people and to share the message of the show. And most importantly, to bring people to Christ. Number three, if you haven't already ordered my book, go now to your favorite online bookstore and order Freedom to Ascend. Now, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Survival Rubber is the ultimate fire tinder. Swap out your fire plugs and fire rope. This sleek and familiar waterproof tinder package keeps the cotton and fuel combination dry and safe from the elements. It's ready when you need it most, whether it's for an emergency or just for camping. Get your ultimate fire starter now at survivalrubber.com or on Amazon. In today's cramped, crazy, crowded world, it can be difficult to find ways to stand out. That's why Peace of the Sea is a jewelry brand that helps you stand out in a meaningful way by using authentic sea glass hand-picked from Maine's rocky coast. Through decades of weathering by harsh ocean conditions, each piece of glass becomes the unique radiant piece used in every product. Whether you're looking for something new and exciting for your own wardrobe or a unique gift that it's sure to leave an impression, Peace of the Sea helps you stand out while serving as a reminder that what you go through makes you more beautiful than ever. Personalize it, your order now, at peaceofthesea.kpt.com. Welcome, everyone, to the John Gardena Classroom. We have a, I have an opportunity to have a very close and dear friend of mine who I call brother. His name is Scott Kraft. He reigns from that state up north. <laughs> Being from Ohio, we just don't like to say those those words or letters. Um, starts with an M, ends with an N. <laughs> um, I met Scott when we did the first round of 40 Days of Deliverance uh, for him, which was January of this year, 2022. Um, he came on, and man, he was just he did a great job and. One of the tragedies that happened during that was um, his brother passed away, Andy, um, right around the middle of, I think it was uh, January 18th or 19th, right in there? 21st. 21st, okay. So after his brother passed away, uh, Scott and I have had a very, very close bond together. Uh, Like I said, it's just been a, a bond of brotherhood. And I met him for the first time in February. He came to my house. We had dinner with some friends. 
And then I saw him again this past weekend as we marched down to the mid-state mile, even through that godforsaken state of Kentucky, which we'll talk about. <laughs> so, Scott, why don't you just give a little introduction about yourself? Oh, my name's Scott Kraft. Um, yeah, I met John through the 40 Days program and many other fantastic people that are still in my life. Um, I don't know. I, uh, I got involved in the ultra running thing, I guess, through 3-7, Chad and Blake. And I watched the Mid-State Mile last year, well, the past two years. And um, when uh, I found out, I asked John if he was going to run in it. Or I asked John if he was going to go, and he said, well, I'm running. And I said, I'm going. And he said, well, you want to crew me? And, of course, I said, yeah, that sounds great. It gives me something to do. Makes me part of the race. And, yeah. Yeah, so that's how it kind of came about. And, man, what a blessing it was to have Scott. So we're going to – this episode really is to talk about um, his side, the crew side. So not from the runner's perspective, really, um, but from Scott's side. So just want everyone to know we marched down, like I said earlier, to uh, Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, Scott slept over on Thursday night, and we headed out with my mom at 5.45 a.m. Um, from Cleveland, Ohio. And it took us a while to get down there. It's like I said, that state of Kentucky really has some issues with their traffic. So we actually had to get, we were sidewinded on, uh, on 71, where we had to go off the freeway for about almost an hour. But we made it. So when we got, once we got to the, the grounds, uh, we met up with just phenomenal people that both Scott and I are friends with. Um, Mike Bellini, Tim Douglas, Jeff Forrester, Aaron Dana. Uh, ben Goins, they were all there when we first got down. So tell me, Scott, about what it was like when we got onto the grounds for you. Well, the whole weekend was amazing, but that was, I've known Jeff for over, on, online for over a year. Um, Tim Douglas I've known for quite quite a while, but I've never met these people. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I got to meet them, it was, it was kind of, you don't know what to expect, but then I realized very quickly that there's no expect. These are the same people you've been talking to. There's no, and I think I told you that after the first after we left there that night. I was like, it's it was kind of amazing because usually you meet someone online. There's there's a lot of not truths you'll find out very quickly. Mm -hmm. But with Jeff and Mike and like you said, all the guys, Aaron, all these guys that I've watched and listened to, and yeah, they were all super authentic, and it was just, um, yeah, it was just amazing. Yeah, the phrase you, you said was, it will rain, it resonates with me forever. As you said, it's so nice to see the authenticity of their character from being online to in person. And it really was, and that was kind of the whole weekend for everyone that we, we knew from basically Instagram. I mean, I, that's where probably most people that we know is from there. And just to see people, just like, I'm just kind of just double down on what you're saying. Is just to meet people and be like, man, that that dude or that girl is just like they are online. The the message they have is the same, and it wasn't phony. So I think, um, and I'm going to get you into here now is uh, the people at the race. So if you want to, you can talk about either that night before the race, uh, how you prepared for it, or you can go, jump right in, whatever you want, brother. Well, I got lucky because I had, of course, Jeff. He uh, crewed Aaron last year. And mm -hmm. so he was telling me, you know, 
the build-up to it, he was like, it's going to be amazing because you get to see things that the runners, you know, they're out there for 20, you know, 18 minutes while you're sitting here, mm-hmm. you know, doing, a, you know, watching everything. And that was, that was nice because you got Tim, you got guys like Tim Douglas that, you know, they, they know they crewed too. And so it's just, and one, one of the best things about the weekend was maybe the night before because just the, the, the fellowship we, you know, because on race day, you know, you guys are racing. So especially like Aaron, he has to be, you know, he's in for a long haul, so he can't, you know, so, but the, the day before it was like, you know, somebody, a, a brother I hadn't met yet. Yeah. And it was just, I'm meeting, um, Justin, that was because me and Justin, like on Instagram, you know, we talk mm-hmm. back and forth a lot and getting there and meeting him was amazing. Yeah. I mean, we went to his tent, you know, and he, <laughs> walks up gives me a big hug and it was just that's him and it was just authentic yeah so scott's talking about justin hamilton who won the race 40 hours of running unbelievable and it was we after we met the crew um by the side of the hill with the tents justin had his tent set up man he had the he had the best tent right and i forget who said i think it was tim was like hey you want to go talk to justin we're like yeah he came over to us gave us some hugs and just a happy-go-lucky guy, and it was it was great to meet him really f- off the bat too, which was cool. So yeah. uh, let's walk into so Friday night was diff or yeah the night before the race was different only because we kind of expected just me you and my mom um, we we had a place at a cabin just about ten minutes away, and we were blessed we had Jeff Forrester stay over so kind of what did you feel um, did you feel special having him there with us that night? go through that yeah like i said jeff's like he's like a brother to me it's like so when you said jeff's coming over and i was like that's a great idea i don't want him sleeping in that tent and having to run yeah up a mountain. Mm-hmm. so yeah i thought it was great and jeff's always he always gives to i mean he's that's just him he's just always and he makes you feel you know like yeah it was special it was nice having jeff around just to yeah. talk to you know before we went to bed and stuff it was yeah, it was it was a good time. It was it was it was really nice just to sit at that table and we were just scarfing some food, down, <laughs> chips and uh, whatever else we could find, uh, just get a little more carbs in before the race. And it felt it felt like it was just like we've known each other for years. That's how I felt. And knowing Jeff too for a couple of years now, it was just nice to, as I say, break bread together and and just kind of get you know everyone has a little anxiety before a race and. Just to calm our nerves, and you know, we, I think I, I said our prayer before we went to bed, which was nice from Psalms, and just to be together in fellowship. And that's the big thing that we're going to get into the next day um, and continue this conversation is the fellowship of the brotherhood of just being so in tune and in part of the community. And that's the difference between like running a marathon or half marathon. It's isolation. Ultra marathon is a team now i've never run a a 50 or 100 miler and i know you have stations and you have a crew that helps you out along the way but this one this this is so unique the race the mid-state mile because you depend on your crew every time you come in and it's like scott i'm gonna be honest you were on point like you knew exactly what i needed um you came in every time i came in you you just you were dude you knocked it out of the park so kind of Talk about the race day and, and how you prepared for it and, and how you operated so well. Well, like I 
like I said, I knew that you were going to be out there. You had your hands full with that. They call it a hill, but it's a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so I knew, I, I just knew that, and we talked about it before, the things you wanted to eat, the things, mm-hmm. salt, you know, salt tablets, about how often you wanted them. Mm-hmm. And I, and I know you know your body better than I do, so I was just, and your mom was there, and that, she, yeah. she was a big help. I mean, she yeah. was, she was, you know, constantly going out on the trail, telling mm-hmm. me where you're about, where you, when you were coming yeah. to the loop, and I was like, okay. So it's, I just made sure to keep a, and I talked to Blake before, you know, a couple months ago, that's what he said. He was like, just make sure you don't, you know, you only got to work for three or four minutes. Don't let that, yeah. don't be gone when he comes in, you know, or be out doing something else. That's your job for, until he says, I'm done, or yeah. he finishes the race. Yeah. Yeah. So I just tried to make sure I had the towel because the heat out there, I mean, and it was cooler than it was here before, I guess, but still it was, it was hot. Yeah. So that's one thing that I would advise anyone who, who runs the race, um, have more ice than you think, have more water than you think, and have cooling towels because uh, I had to make an adaptation. So when when Jeff um, finished his race, he had two extra towels, and we, we shared the same cooler. And I, it started to get hot. You know, I think around 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, I started using those towels uh, during the race. That I, If you saw a picture of me, and I'll post one too that I have, is I had my hat on, my brand, and I, and I had the towel literally like draped down my whole, my whole back over my neck, and that really helped because, the humidity out there, man, it was ridiculous. So making sure you're cooling your body down the entire race, and that was something I think we learned from Aaron Dana, who was in our tent, is he had this ice pack on the whole time. There was a couple of our runners who had ice packs, but you got to know your body. But I tell you what. Um, when you're overheating the body and you, you could have a way to cool it during the process, um, I highly recommend that. I mean, the one thing that you did, Scott, and this goes exactly with that is, so talk about the cooling of the process when I would come in every time. What would you do? Because you had a down pat about the cooling process. Yeah, I had a towel ready when you came in, so I would put it on your head mm-hmm. and then you kind of just kick back and you tell me what you wanted to eat or if you needed anything, if you thought you needed anything, whether it be salt tablet or however you were feeling. Yeah. Um, so I was basically, you. Re- I think most of the time you just wrapped it because it was getting warm, you know, and it's, yeah. it's a grueling time out there, I'm sure. And you had the towel wrapped around your head and you just tell me whatever, you know, whatever you wanted to eat, rice krispie tree or the, yeah, the honey thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just kind of opening and handing stuff to you and letting you eat and then, course the whistles let you know when it's time to get up and go so so the the way because again this is my first time running the race um what scott did allowed me to go so much further and for many reasons one the cooling process two making sure i had my salt tabs because the longer you go into the race like you you not that you're you get delirious or um but your mind starts to shift from just survival and for your crew, so Scott and my mom, and then Tim helped out and Jeff helped out um, throughout the process as well. And the crew just are asking you simple questions. So Scott was the point man. Like he was the guy who would ask me, what do I need? Um, and I always made sure that he, he, and he did this so well about the salt tabs, making sure I had one every other time I came in, which was crucial. Because your body just, you lose so much salt 
um, or from your sweat when you're running. And just making sure we, we had a plan. The plan was I know my body. So for anyone who's going to go out and run a race like this, you got to know what your body can actually digest um, physically, also liquid. And I knew that I don't like anything heavy. So that's why honey stingers and the Rice Krispie treats, they worked well for me. I had watermelon when I came into, there's a station, and my mom brought um, stuff as well. I remember during the race, she was like, do you want me to go get you a bagel? And I'm like, no, that's the last thing I want. A bagel and high humidity, I'll throw that thing up. And I couldn't even down it because you just, I know my body, right? No heavy substances. So uh, the big thing for you, everyone is, you know, you got to train how you're going to run that race. And that's the, the big part of training not only is on your feet um, and hill repeats, but also the nutrition part of it. So I know that tailwind was money because I knew that, um, oh, this is a part, why don't you explain it, Scott, of the process of the tailwind and how important that was. Yeah, I had to have it, um, you had a half gallon or... Yeah, uh, half ga- half gallon um, cooler. Yeah, you yep. had to mix it up every. You had to drink one of those every three hours, I believe. Yeah, six hundred calories. Yep. Mm-hmm. You were pretty much on point with that. I mean, I didn't have to do it. Just had to keep it mixed up and make sure it was there and cold. And um, yeah, just had to make sure you stay hydrated because, like I said, it was hot and there was a lot of up and down out there and yeah, kind of felt stagnant. It was. It's a, it's a serious race. I mean, I mean. I don't know, those, the crews, they work, I mean, and a lot of the crews are family members, and they love, you know, and they, and they have a lot of love for the people that are out there, so mm-hmm. it's like, there's a lot of anxiety in there, too, it's, that's, that's one of the things I realized, because, you know, sitting with Aaron's family, and it's like, it's, you just see, you know, that it's, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of hard for your family members, too, to go and watch this, I can see mm-hmm. how some family members don't, you know, they're like, huh, I don't think I want to go watch that. Yeah. And I remember, and I'm going to be honest, like the first 24 miles, I don't remember. I'm going to be honest. Like I was blessed with having a a system that worked, you know, from the crew to my pace where I was coming in like 17, 17 and a half minutes, like clockwork. And I literally, you just, it's such a drill that the one thing I, I just knew I can control is my pace there. And then getting my hydration, my fuel, and, and cooling down. And then before you knew it, all you hear is these whistles. Beep, beep, two-minute warning. Beep, long beep, one minute. And then like 30 seconds, it'd be like, hey, let's go get to the corral. I mean, get to the starting line, and you got to go again. And it happens so fast. That's the one thing that I think we all kind of learned is um, help coming in at the same time, I think, helped for the system of you guys helping me um, get back up and go go another mile and did you what did you what are your feelings on how fast that process went between when i came in and when i had to go back out yeah it's it's ridiculous how fast three minutes or whatever it is goes because mm-hmm. like you said on the way home when we were watching i was watching the updates and you hear the whistles and it's like wow that's those things are you know they're kind of they haunt you yeah they, yeah it's it's so fast yeah it, it really it really was and I think longer you get into the race, like you're like, oh, seriously, that Don, that whistle, John, would you stop blowing that thing for? Give me another minute. Um, but that's 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 how the race is. It's just how it's set up. Though one thing, then, 
two, I, I'm just going through my brain of what I remember so vividly was that I remember my mom and you guys just telling me towards the middle, towards the end, is just, hey, I love you. It was really nice to hear that. And it was so, I think when you're out on the course, and I'm going to go into my kind of what I, to the middle towards the end now here, is I really, you, you can serve, some people could talk. Like there was people on the course that could talk and do the hills. And, and that's not how I operated. Like you'd have small conversation, but I didn't really like to talk that much. I like to conserve my energy. So the thing is, is that, but as the race went on and I read a post from Luke who came in third place, he was second the year before, is that they kind of had a group that would just talk and laugh and, and they would be together and help each other go longer. And I thought to myself, man, I, I, maybe I should have done that at the end because like when you get in the isolation period by yourself, you got a lot of bad thoughts that come in your head, but seriously, like you just like, Hey, I'm by myself. I want to be doing this for hours by myself. And I think one thing, um, that I would tell people in the future and for your crew to tell you this too, is to say, Hey, go around somebody that gives you positive vibes and try to stay with them. And Justin, this is, I mean, I can't even explain how perfect this was, but Justin, who won it, Ultra Dad, man, every time I saw him on the course, he's like, what's up, brother? And we you have a nice, candid conversation. And um, I should have I tried to hang with him towards when I started to fall off. I should have just gravitated towards him uh, because of not only because of his longevity of the run, but his personality. So... Here's some of sound advice. When you go longer into the race, try to find someone who you can stay with a pace with because you need that positive energy. And that's one recommendation that I wish I would have done because um, I know I would have went longer because you, 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 the devil comes in when you're in isolation. So if you're around a positive group of just energy, man, you'll go so much longer. So you need it during the race and you need it when you come into your corral when, um, when you're getting worked on too. So what do you think about that, Scott? Yeah, I think, yeah, it's, and there's, there was a lot of positive people out there too. It's like, mm-hmm. like Luke, he was just, like they said, during the night, he kind of started telling jokes and whatever, mm-hmm. just to keep people, cause I'm sure, I mean, you, you can, you can attest that I'm sure the night out there is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. It is. If you're on that, on that mountain, it's gotta be this, the dark has to suck the life right out of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause it's a dangerous place it seems like it, at night it would get mm-hmm. so technical especially coming down those things yeah yeah that yeah that's what i what i learned so for those of you who don't know i mean i ran 13 hours and 43 miles and i got to the intermission so let's talk about intermission because that's one thing that i that i know i could have done better and now that i know so i when i trained i never had an issue with my lungs my cardio is always good. I do a heart rate training, uh, Phil Maffetone. And my lungs were, I felt like so expanded from the effort I had to put in to get up that hill all the time that in the intermission, I laid down and it felt like I was suffocating. Like it was, my chest was so tight. So the one thing I would recommend is um, have a chair that you could lay down and put your feet up instead of laying on the ground. Now, like Alter Dad, he laid on the ground. He's fine. You know, it, it's whatever works for you. But now that I learned 
what didn't work for me is that really kind of messed me up um, cardio wise. So go ahead, talk about intermission for a second, Scott, of what, what you saw and witnessed. Intermission was probably the toughest time that I think we had as a crew because yeah. you really don't know if you haven't, like you said, if you don't know, you really don't know. So yeah. it was like, okay, here's the intermission. So you have 20 minutes to lay down and do whatever you want. Well, you, like you said, you have to find a place to lay down. Mm-hmm. If you haven't been there before, like Aaron had a chair, like you said, that reclined that he could cover up and, you know, relax. Yeah. Kick his feet up. But we didn't have that, so you were on the ground with your feet in a chair, I think. I was, trying yeah. Trying to get some sleep, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that intermission is built in for a reason. <laughs> I but know. But they can let your body think, hey, we might be done running. And then 20 minutes later, guess what? We're back at it. Yeah, that was, that was, um. That's something I've never done before in my life. And maybe I need to train for that where you run and take a 20-minute break and then feel it again and say, okay, let's go out for a couple more hours. So that's another thing I learned is maybe go run for an hour or two and take a 20-minute break so your muscle is like, well, you think you're done? And then you tell yourself, we're not done. And I think that would definitely help out. Um, so just talk quickly about my lungs, about how you just like expanded them so much from that effort. I think what I would do different in my training too is I would do at least one, like a hit workout, which I didn't do, where I really push my lungs, like get my heart rate up um, to at least 165, 170. So uh, a lot, I didn't even explain this yet, but I had my watch on and my heart rate monitor looking at it the whole time. I mean, not every second, but like as I went through the progression. So I would be, and this was what kind of was scary at the beginning was, it's probably from adrenaline, but I, I can run comfortably at like a, a 10 minute pace at like a 130 or under heart rate easily. And my this sucker jumped up to the one, 140s, almost 150 before I got to the first hill. And then when I got to the hill, you know, it started to climb up to about 162, 163. And I actually feel my heart rate in my, in my ear. And that's when I knew I was at max. So that literally happened the entire time. And about maybe, maybe the fifth or sixth loop, uh, I started to have it come down a little bit. And I think I just, my body started to adjust to it. Um, so heart rate really wasn't the issue during the race. It was more so just a strain on my lungs and then we'll get to my legs here. So then when I came in and after the first loop of intermission, um, man, the descent on that first hill is just something unbelievable. It, it literally, you start off slow descent and then all of a sudden, like towards the end, it's like it's down. And what happened was I think I, I started turning my feet instead of coming down straight down the hill. I try to, not at the end, but during the middle of the race, like turn them like 25, 40 degrees to kind of not have my toes just slamming in the toe box. But when I did that, what I think I was putting so much strain on my knee on that left side. And I never, I never, I never run like that. Like I've done zigzags to kind of, um, let me explain this specifically. Like on the last hill, you had enough room, but there's rocks. So you got to be very careful to train where you do like a snake almost, like a little zigzag down. But that first hill, you can't do that because there's a washout on the one side and you don't have enough room to do a little zigzag pattern. So I was trying a strategy to keep my toes from just slamming in there 
and my knees started to feel it when I started to go side to side. So um, someone asked me, like, what would you do different? I, <laughs> I, I would say not as much um, movement with your, with your feet side to side. And I saw some people doing that, and I thought that was a good strategy. But I wouldn't move my feet that much more than, like, 10 degrees um, side to side and if you're coming down the steep hill because you're changing the the weight distribution of where your your body and especially your, your knees are going to have that impact does that make sense yeah so that's a recommendation is don't don't change because you see someone else doing something and guess what those people who did that they didn't make it i'm serious i now, now that i recall it they didn't make it so just stay with your strategy even though your feet may be hurting in the front uh, don't veer off too much um, from that pattern. Don't don't put your feet too much to the side. So let's talk about the end here. So tell me what you witnessed uh, after intermission. Uh, after intermission, it was well, it was getting it was dark. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It, that place takes on a new a whole new face when it's dark. Mm-hmm. It's uh. I can't imagine running out there in the dark. It was bad enough when it was light walking it. But yeah, it was. Uh, you could you could tell there was. I mean, I think a lot of people started to drop when mm-hmm. after the intermission because, like I said, it was. It's it's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the reason. Yeah. But yeah, you you were. I think that was part of your plan. You wanted to get you wanted to get some miles in in the dark because you wanted to go out and experience the whole thing. Oh yeah. And so I knew that was you know it was what, you, what your goal was. So we were ready. Had to head torch mm-hmm. ready to go and uh yeah like i said we had a lot of help too with tim like your poles and we were trying to get to when you know it was time to use the poles and you're like put them to whatever height and i'm oh yeah cornbread oh and you're yeah Robert trying to figure it out and it's like i don't know how, you know it's like we can't figure it in here comes tim and it's like he needs it at this and he's like, that's how tall i am yeah, perfectly. that did. So at, after eight hours, they changed the format. So the previous two years, you can use poles after six hours. This year, you could use poles after eight hours. So I didn't have my pole set up for my height. So a couple laps before I came in for the intermission, I'm like, get my pole set up. And then you, you're like, what is he talking about? Like, get him set up. So Tim came over. We're the same height, Tim Douglas. And thank God Tim set him to right where his height is that worked perfect and they did they worked perfect for what i was doing um so that was an error on my part i should have probably had my pulls set up before the race started so anyone who's going to do the race um make sure you have your pulls set up to your height unless you have someone that you know is coming over to save you that's the same height as you that was funny i'm glad you said that a positive i just you brought up cornbread so cornbreads are a good friend of ours uh he's been part of our 40 days deliverance program since the beginning last year in July. And man, we've had just a brotherhood with him. And his cousin um, was got hurt in an accident. So he was actually in the hospital in Tennessee. I, I can't remember which part. But um, he told me he wasn't going to be able to make it to the race. And he was going to come earlier. So I was, you know, disappointed, not at him, because I knew the situation. But man, when he came, it was like a lift of my spirit. And I saw him and his wife, and he came in and helped out. And I tell you what, that's the beauty of this race is the support, right? Everyone has the support of – not everyone, though. Let me rephrase that. Not everyone has that kind of love and support. 
So, like, for me personally, I mean, Scott, my point man, you know, cornbread coming. Uh, my mom was there doing a lot of different tasks. Jeff was helping out with the poles. Tim helped out with the poles, helped out with my knee. And then my cousin was there, and, and he was he was my videographer. So he's kind of filming uh, the process of how this kind of unfolded. So we had such great people um, to help this go. And I'm going to tell you this right now, Scott. If you guys weren't there, there's no way I make it past probably eight hours. No way. I'm going to be honest. There's no way. Because you guys were so good. You guys were so good to me. And I was so blessed to have you guys in my corner and, uh, you know, if I run this next year, I hope that, you know, you guys are able to come with me, too, because I want to I want to do a better job. I think I, I we all learned from this process. And um, it's just good to see how when people come together in fellowship, love and selflessness, how we can all be better. And that's what the race really is to me is how can you have people in, in your crew, in your corner who truly love and support you to make you push yourself to the extremes of your limits so go ahead why don't you touch on that scott what did you kind of learn not only from you crew and me but what you saw around you well i uh, thank you for saying that you wouldn't you know you wouldn't have made it past eight hours but that brings me back because when you said that it kind of um to be honest I'm, that that's nice to hear but i was in the same spot in january i would have made it through my brother's death it would have been for the people in 40 days, you, Chas, um, Cornbread, mm-hmm. Justin, I mean, just everybody, it, the whole, every, everybody in there was so supportive and so just anything I, you know, whatever I need, needed or to talk or I always had that. So that was, um, well, that's why, you know, one of the reasons I, that I went with you because it was yeah. like, we, like you said, we have, after we met and the first of March or whatever it was when I came down it was like we were brothers and I lost my brother yeah. and now I feel like I have one. He's in Ohio. That's right. But, <laughs> yeah. We're not too, thank, um, thank God we're not too far, Scott. Yeah, true. But it was amazing. Yeah. The thing was when I saw cornbread, cause he came in, he got you cause you were coming in and I looked and I was waiting for you and I saw him and I was like, I thought I was starting to hallucinate. I was like, he's not supposed to make it. And then, yeah. you know, he comes in, like you said, it was just, it was a boost for me too, because it's, you know, he was. We were baptized at the three of seven thing together. Yeah. The three of seven, fifty um, k last year. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was nice to see him, and to get to spend some time with him. Yeah, it was a blessing, man. It was. That's the thing is, you just to be around great people makes the journey of life so much more enjoyable because the fellowship and I keep using that word strongly, but it's so true. Like. That's joy. Fellowship is joy, if I would use a word, because you know you have people in your court who aren't going to give up on you, who are going to love you, support you, even through all the things that you think you don't do well. You know, we have a lot of doubt that we put in our heads. But if you have the right people in, in your court, man, it just makes the process of life so much more enjoyable. And you, everyone needs that. So that's a big word of advice from this episode. I hope you get you know, check yourself, man. Who's in your court? Who's your crew? You know, who is your crew? And if you don't have a good crew, then go out and find people. I'm serious. And Scott would say this, go join a 40 days deliverance group. Go, you know, go online and look for uh, people who you're like, man, I I would love to hang around them. And you can, you can, you just got to message them 
And, you know, that's, that's the best thing I would recommend for anybody is reevaluate who's in your life um, and, and be better, be around better people. So to conclude this uh, episode, I really want to talk about the next morning. So we came back to the race. Uh, I had my stuff there. And we were there after the 24-hour mark, and everyone was sleeping. So we pulled in, and Becca came over, and she's like, shh, everyone's sleeping. I'm like, okay. So um, I sat down. I talked to, I think, Jeff and Tim. They were right by uh, Justin Hamilton's uh, tent. And I sat down next to him, and I took a picture of him laying on his back. And he woke up, and I, we were just chatting. He was having his SpaghettiOs. <laughs> and, he, man, the guy was like, he, he like never phased by the brutality of the hills just never phased always in a good mood so scott tell us your experience when we came there that next day <laughs> yeah it was uh like you said it was kind of strange because everybody was sleeping and we're trying to be quiet mm-hmm. and then it started to wind down and we went over and you guys were over by justin's and like every time he would come in he would come by and give me a fist bump and then yeah like when I got home, he messaged me and said, you know, those fist bumps were, you know, they gave me a lot of energy out there. And I'm like, that's amazing. And you're out, you're out there running 17, 18 minutes up a mountain. And you're telling me that just by shaking your hand, giving you a fist bump, I was helping you. Yeah. It means a lot. I mean. this, yeah. yeah. This community is like that. They just, the small things with Aaron, Aaron's the same way. Aaron, he, he got it on Instagram. He sent me a thing. It was like, it was yeah. nice to see, you, you know, how'd you, how was your experience? And I'm like, you know, his, that's another thing. Meeting these people's, like Aaron's family, his dad, his kids, mm-hmm. his wife, um, Justin's wife and his kids, yeah. um, Mike's wife, Mike Malene, just everybody. It was yeah. like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's kind of emotional at times because you see how, and like you were talking about, you need to pick a team, get a team around you. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't gotten that. I'm 47 years old and I just got through the 40 days getting to know you mm-hmm. and you introduced me to other people. I built a team now. I can actually say that I, there's people I could call anytime, and I have. Mm-hmm. And um, anything I need, anything, yeah, there's, and it's as easy as reaching out to these people because they're not hard to get a hold of. No, they're not. Yeah, they're not. And speaking about people who are supportive and loving, uh, we want to send a special thank you to Rob from Canada who purchased uh, hats or T-shirts for us from uh, Salty Bridges from Amy, who the owner is. And it was a joy to meet her. And I, I'll never forget the first night when we got there, Friday night, when they did the 5K, that um, we went over to her tent, Salty Bridges. And Amy's like, are you Scott Craft? And you're like, yeah. Well, I have a request from Rob from Canada that you can pick out a hat or a T-shirt. And Scott, if I had a video of your face, you were just blown away. Talk about that for a second. Yeah, that was kind of, it was strange because I'm, I'm talking to Amy and I'm, she's like, are you Scott Crabs? Mm-hmm. And first off, I'm like, how do you know who I am? Yeah. She's like, yeah. well, I know who you are. And she, you know, I watched the 307 thing. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay. So you did. And then she said, you know, she got a little tablet. And she's like, Rob, you know. Yeah. Told, told me to, you know, whatever you want, just get it. And it's on him. I was like. That was amazing. You, you don't expect somebody that you, ne- I've never met Rob. Yeah. But he's a very close friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it, you don't expect your, you know, friends that you have never met to be reaching out to people that, you know, the third party and saying, hey, if he wants anything, just give it to him. Yeah, that was, man, that that was that set the stage for the race. Like, 
just that poured out of blessing of just thankfulness that you were there and supporting uh, me and everybody else was just amazing from uh, from Rob and everybody else. Um, the last part is I just want to say thank you to John Cox and, and Becca for putting on a, another great year of this race. I can't even imagine the amount of effort it takes to put this race on and then the sleep deprivation that both of them have to stay up for 40 hours to make the race uh, continue. And they were just, they were wonderful. They're just wonderful people. And I just love them to death. So what do you got on them, Scott? Yeah, they're fantastic. And John, through his commentary throughout the race, yeah. you know, <laughs> time's the human construct. It doesn't matter how many people are in the race. I don't care. It's not started yet. He's just, he keeps everything just light enough to keep mm -hmm. me like kind of laughing. It's like, okay. But yeah, it was so nice of them to open up, you know, their property and let mm -hmm. us go out and fellowship yeah. for a couple days and get together. And then you guys go out and run a race and test yourselves. It's, it's special and there's, they're special people and I'm glad that they're part of my life too now. And it's, yeah. Yeah. I think in summary, uh, I would think that the Mid-State Mile, again, is more than just a race. It's a community of believers, a community of people who just show their love and support for those who are out on the grind. And you get to meet amazing individuals throughout the race and just really witness um, how true love is to be shown. And you see that through the crew. So... To everyone out there who listens to this and who was part of the race, you know, just thank your crew again and again and tell them how much they did for you to keep you going. So, Scott, I just truly appreciate you, brother, for everything you did for me um, during that weekend. I can't wait for the new adventures that we will do together, the 40 Days program coming up in a couple of weeks. And just literally new experiences for both of us to sharpen each other's blade to become better people. Definitely. So, everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you, Scott Kraft. Thank you to, again, everyone who had an impact um, in me for racing, for the prep, uh, my running group, um, PJ, just everyone who, who has helped me throughout this process. So, thank you, everyone. God bless. And that is the end of the John Cardina classroom.